last week, for those of you who do not believe in miracles, I completely covered the entire Bible. And everybody's like, whoa. And I did it in about 30 minutes. And everybody's like, whoa. And so we're not going to do anything tonight? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, we're going, we're, we're getting all, we got off to a fast start last week and we're going to slow down this week. All right. Uh, I have been told that um, there's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Uh, I plan on doing the entire Bible in seven years. They tell me that uh, I need to be able to do this 3.2 chapters every time we come together. We lost some time last week because I just kind of gave us handlebars on it. We're going to lose some time this week because I'm just going to deal with the first 10 words. So, uh, or seven if you're into Hebrew. Um, so, sorry. Uh, next week, we'll be action-packed. How's that? Everybody looks at me like, yeah, okay, we've been down this road. All right, uh, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll read the 10 most important words that have ever been pinned down for humanity. Father, we come before your throne to see your word, to hear from you. Lord, um, you do know our name. You know the hairs of our head. You know when a sparrow falls. You knit us in our our mother's womb. Father, the days you have counted and you have set them aside to your glory and to your praise. Father, we come today, this evening, to look at one of the most awesome things that I've ever really thought about. And, uh, Father, I hope that uh, as my heart was stirred, that, Lord, uh, my brothers and sisters who gather this evening, their hearts will be stirred also. And we may understand the foundation by which it all stands on. To your glory and praise. Amen. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stop right there. That's it in a nutshell. Ten words. Last week, I gave you five principles to hang the whole book on. Okay, I, I call them hooks. And you basically can take every book of the Bible and you can hang it on these five principles. Period. Okay, I watch people, why was this written? Okay, what, what was God trying to do with this text? What was this book written for? What was this chapter written for? What was this thought, this paragraph, this sentence? What was it there for? And that's the one thing that, that I get as a pastor every, almost every day in my own studies. Why did he say this? Why was this penned down to be eternal? And these are the five things. One, it is for the revealing of God. Two, it is for the revealing of sin and disobedience. Three, it is for the revealing of faith and obedience. Four, it is the revealing of sacrifice and a savior. Or five, it is the coming kingdom and glory. Everything in 66 books of the Bible hang on those five hooks, period. All right, we're done. What do you think? Good? All right. But I wanted to start with this phrase because many of us have read it, but we don't really pay that much attention to it. But if you're truly honest with yourself, you will find out that you that single phrase, it's seven words in the Hebrew, ten words in the English, is the most assaulted phrase in humanity today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, um, 
These 10 words, you will find the answers to everything that will matter forever with God. In those 10 words, there is only one God. There is only one way to God. There is only one abode of God. There is only one creator. There is only one creation. And there is only one record of that creation. Right there. How how old is the earth? How old is it? 5893. It's kind of depressing. I really thought I could get 15,000 one time, but I, I couldn't. That's all I can get out of it. You know what's weird? Science will tell you that we can't find civilization beyond that. Wonder why. Well, we were some kind of Neanderthal. Nope. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? In those 10 words, they tell you and I that God started the cosmos by his own will. He decided it. These 10 words tell us the universe had a start and that God existed before the start of the universe. These 10 words tell us that our creator designed this world and that the universe and around it, everything that is around it, um, has his fingerprints all over it. You can't get away from it. These 10 words are the only gateway to the true God. These 10 words are the only gateway to the true creator. They are the only gateway to the only redeemer. Just in those 10 words. These 10 words are the foundation of our origin. They are the foundation of our purpose. And they are the foundation of our destiny. These 10 words are the only way to properly understand geology, to properly understand anthropology, to properly understand history or philosophy, and just go on and on and on and on. These 10 words are the only authoritative guide to the origin and the purpose of male, the female, marriage, family, government, and they record the start of sin. They record evil, cultures, language, Israel, and everything else. Okay, so I want you to think about this for a minute this evening. Okay, we, we just read this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, there's only one God, the creator of heaven and earth. I, I, you will hear me sometimes say he only created existence. That's all. There is one revelation, God's word, the Bible. There's only one program, God's kingdom. There's only one purpose, God's glory. There's only one book you can trust. His record, his word. So what I'm trying to get at is uh, these 10 words are so vital to every single part of our lives. They are crucial to the destiny of souls. Do we understand that? You know, you know how important they were? God put them in the front of your Bible. You ever think about it? These need to be first. Moses, make sure these are first. Why? They're kind of important. 
You know, and I have heard so much stuff. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, he did it through evolution. Not according to this. Not according to this. Within these words, we find that there is God, there is universe, there is an end, and there is a now. I like that. Everything is encompassed in those ten words. And from them flow the guidelines God has given us to meet and to know and to please him. Every book of the Bible rests on that phrase, that those 10 words. Listen, if God of Genesis 1-1 is unreliable, okay, so is the God of the Psalms, so is the God of the Gospel of John, so is the God of Revelation, and he is the same one in Romans and in Philippians, uh, and either you utterly trust God that you meet in Genesis 1-1, or you have nothing else. You have absolutely nothing else. If you think that you can mesh man's philosophy and make it fit into that text, okay, then you have to mistrust the God of the Psalms, of the New Testament, and of the conclusion. Okay, and if I can't trust him with that verse, how can I trust him with the verse that says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever should believe in him will have everlasting life. See what I mean? I mean, it was people said, well, I thought you were going to cover more ground. I am, but I need to move off a very firm foundation and a firm foundation is the first 10 words of your Bible. Okay. Have you ever really stopped to think about it? That in those 10 words are the only secure foundation for the doctrines that follow. Let me give you some doctrines that have to be based on this verse. They have to be right on this. The trustworthiness of Christ. Do you ever think about it? Because Christ in Mark chapter 10 verse 6 says, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. That's what Christ said. If I'm going to trust Christ and he, has to, he trusted Genesis 1-1, then guess what? I have to trust Genesis 1-1. Do you know that the doctrine of final judgment is based on that verse? Did you know that? In Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and verse 31, says this, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth and does not dwell and temples made with hands. Then in verse 31, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. Okay, what gives him the right? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The doctrine of salvation comes off of that verse. Did you know that? In, in Romans chapter 5, Verses 12 through 15, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Verse 13 says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed, because there was no law. Verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned in Adam to Moses, even over those who who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense, for by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. 
The doctrine of salvation comes off of Genesis 1.1. The whole message of the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. Verse 16, for by him all things were created that were in the heaven and that are on the earth, visible and the invisible, where the thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things and in him all things consist. That's all Genesis 1.1. Everybody keeps saying, well, how can you get that much out of one verse? I'll go on. The deity of Christ is in that text. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, Who being the brightness, is the little translation, of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. John chapter 1 verse 3 says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. That's good stuff. Inspiration. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. God who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2 has in these days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he also made the world's. I'm thinking that Genesis 1-1 is sort of important. What do you think? We get that? So I looked at the trustworthiness of Christ. I looked at final judgment, at salvation, the whole message of the Bible, inspiration, and deity of Christ. All wrapped up in Genesis 1-1. Okay? You know what else is cool about this? My favorite thing. They smash the errors of philosophy. I liked philosophy. I grew up in an age, uh, a time where everybody wanted to contemplate silliness. Uh, one of my, uh, uh, I remember, some of you know, I went to college for a minute. Um, <laughs> well, it was obvious that me and college were getting along far too well. It was the classes that was sort of crimping my style. Uh, I did see one guy. One guy I did want to make sure that I seen uh, was in a philosophy class. It was a psych slash philosophy class. Don't ask, okay? And his name was Timothy O'Leary because I just loved his philosophy. If you don't know who Timothy O'Leary is, the Moody Blues wrote a song about him. Uh, he was the creator, uh, the founder, and the producer of what is lysergic diphylamine acid. Okay, and what does that mean? Uh, it is not the thing you put in a battery. We call it LSD. And he basically says, if you take this, it will broaden your horizons, it will broaden your mind, it will open your mind to the true things that exist. You know me, Mr. Obedience. Okay, and so uh, I remember sitting and listening to him several different times at, when I was in school. And uh, I loved philosophy because it was obvious that philosophy, you could just sit around and do absolutely nothing and act like you knew what you was talking about. Okay? And you know what? Our society is inundated with it. You are hit with it daily. I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you're at. And these ten words smash all the errors of philosophy. If you're an atheist, it, it error because in the beginning, God. If you're polytheist, it, your, your error is crushed because 
It is God, not God's. If you're pantheist, it errors because God is existing prior to and independent of all matter. If you're a materialist, it smashes it because God makes matter is not... He made the matter. He's not composed of it. If you're fatalist, it smashes that error because here is all places of Scripture. God acts independently and by his own sovereign will and power. There are no accidents. Absolutely no accidents. But you just... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want you to look at the Bible you hold in your hand. I want you to think about something as, as, as we move into this, okay? Have you ever really thought about this book? I mean, you know, um, I remember when I first came to salvation, I saw people writing in them, and I thought, oh, them people are going to hell. That's the holy word of God. You're not allowed to write in that. Okay? Uh, then, I, then I seen people would take and color them, and I thought, oh, them people are really going to hell. They're going to a worse place. And it's bad enough to take your pencil or pen, but, I mean, you take, start taking crayons and things, you're in trouble. Okay? Uh, God has broke me of that. Um, um, People look at mine and they know that I am really condemned because every once in a while you'll see little smiley faces in mine. <laughs> what does that mean? Happy joy, joy. <laughs> but I want you to think about this book because it starts out with an amazing statement. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ten words. That's how it starts. And we read it as believers tonight. We just read it and say, well, yeah, okay. And? I want you to think about this book that you hold. Okay? Do you know not one word has ever been proven wrong? Do you know that? Um, did you know that not one fact in the Bible ever needed updating? Did you ever think about that? Um, did you know that not one science statement ever needed correction in the Bible? Did you know that? Did you know that not one one old hypothesis or theory needed to be adjusted due to new findings? Did you know that? Because there there are no theories or educated guesses in the Bible. Did you know that? I mean, they will look at it and say, well, it's a hypothesis. Well, a hypothesis is something that I think I can prove. The Bible just stands and says, no, this is truth. And it's never had to be adjusted. You ever thought about it? That's amazing to me. Job knew that the world was a sphere. Now, how did Job know that? How do you know that? Isaiah knew the hydrological cycle. That what, you don't ever lose water. We're wasting water. You can't. It's impossible. It just keeps recycling. We've lost one liter of water since man's creation. One liter. We left it on the moon. Okay? It just keeps recycling. I, 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 that is a fascination to me. Um, 
Did you know that this book that you hold is just truth? Absolutely true facts, period. That's all it is. Do you know that the truth in this book, you can stake your life and eternity on it? Did you know that this book is changeless, an enduring truth that only lasts forever? Did you know that it's all inerrantly transmitted from the presence of God and given to us via inspiration? Did you ever think about that? Did you know that in essence we can come to Scripture and find absolute scientific accuracy? All in this old religious book. Because it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There's a little outline that I gave you and it says the first thing that you see is that you can trust your creator. Why? Remember the five things it gives you. One is the revealing of God. Who is he? What's he into? Okay, I shared with you last week that a whole bunch of people are seeking God. I know all kinds of people who are seeking God. Uh, I, I, I don't... Everyone that I've ever met in my 50 years of existence at some point is seeking God. But you know what? I know a handful, only a handful, who trust him. Just a handful. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings on that one. Because it's really easy to see who's trusting and who ain't. I can trust my creator. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10 says, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. I'm thinking he's got it figured out. What do you think? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about creation? Have you ever, I mean, just grab a hold of it for a minute. Have you ever thought about it? Did you realize that science has concluded that we have two huge planets between us and the asteroid belt that keep us from being pummeled by space junk? I remember they took pictures of the ones. Did you see the pictures? I don't know. I've got a friend who works at the Jet Propulsion Lab in, in California, and he sent me these pictures of these five of them, huge things hitting Jupiter right in the butt. And they said they were, it was awesome. And, and I, you know, and I emailed him back and I said, so what was that? He says, it's really cool. God put up a shield called it Jupiter so that we wouldn't be hit. Saturn stops them too. Fascinating. I don't, that's just amazing to me. I mean, you look at our moon. How's come our moon has all them holes in it and we don't? You ever thought about that? Well, that's how the dinosaurs died billions and billions and billions of years ago. Really? No, they didn't. We still have dinosaurs. You know what killed dinosaurs? Sin. The penalty of sin is even dinosaurs. We still have dinosaurs. Did you know that? They're among us right now, hanging out. You know what? You know when a reptile stops growing? When it dies, okay? I don't care what the reptile is. Any reptile, when does it stop growing? When it dies. Why does it die? Sin. If there's no sin, how big does it get? Big. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay? And now we say, thank you for sin. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need big old lizards running around. <laughs> okay? But I, I want you guys to think about this kind of stuff because you're going to be inundated daily. Can you trust him? Hebrews chapter 11 verses 3 through 6 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's an amazing statement if you think about it. He just framed it. Uh, I used to be in construction and you have to, to build a house. The first thing you have to do is frame it. Okay, so you can hang walls up. Kind of interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. When I read that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, I sit there and go, God just sort of framed it. And then he sort of did the interior decorating and the exterior decorating. He kind of painted it this way and a little color here, a little water here. Look, a fountain and all the rest of it. Okay, and that is his hands. That is his fingerprints. Huh. He framed the word framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For we, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he is. Do you trust your creator? Do you trust your, your, your creator? Second thing I want you to think about is the worship of your creator. I got a whole bunch of this one. Okay, you'll just have to write them down. I'll read them through as quick as I can, okay? Um, God made all of it. You know, and I've heard people say, well, you know, what do you think if there's another dimension? A what? What, what do you think if there's like a, a, another dimension? Well, he doesn't say there is. Well, what do you think about if there's aliens? He didn't say there's aliens. There's angels. And I guess those are kind of like aliens. They just don't need flying saucers. Okay? And I don't think they crash down in New Mexico. <laughs> they seem like they've kind of got that thing, the landing and takeoff taken care of. God made it all. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, You alone, the Lord, you made the heavens, the heavens of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. I, that's pretty good for a guy who was just a regular old dude. In Job chapter 12, verses 7 and 9, but now ask the beast and they will teach you. And the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? You realize how stupid it is for us to say it was an accident? That's what we're saying. Man has gotten so smart, he says there was a great big explosion, and here it all is. Perfect. Why didn't I think of that? That's like saying I can drop a bomb in a junkyard and the debris will land in the shape of a 747 and we can fly it. Okay? And you're telling me who's got faith? I don't have that much faith. I can't know. Uh, I think about the brick plant. We're going to drop a bomb in the brick plant and when the dust clears, we'll have a subdivision. That's what evolutionists say. 
And then, then you have some who say, well, but in creation, God did it through evolution. So he just blew everything up? I, I don't see it. Well, you don't understand. Look at how it's this and it's that and the other. You, have you ever read the part about the flood? It gives you all the scarring that you see on the planet Earth today. Okay? I, I, I don't know. I, it's funny because Nehemiah understood it. Job understood it. The psalmist in chapter 19, verse 1, to the chief musician, the psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. The psalmist also in chapter 90, verses 1 and 2, says the prayer of Moses, the man of God, Lord, you have been in our dwelling place. You have been our dwelling place in all of generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you were formed, the earth, the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Only God is eternal. Psalms 100 verse 3. Know the Lord. He is God. He is he who made us, not we ourselves, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Psalms 104, verses 1 through 35. Psalms 121, verse 2. Psalms 124, verse 8. Psalm 134, verse 3. Psalm 135, verses 5 through 7. Psalm 136, verses 3 through 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy is, endures forever. To him who is by who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever to him who laid out the earth above the waters to for his mercy endures forever to him who made the great lights for his mercy endures forever the sun to rule by day for his mercy endures forever and the moon and stars to rule the night for his mercy endures forever the psalmist accepted the literal words of genesis 1:1 Psalm 147, verses 4 through 18. Psalm 148, verses 1 through 6. I can give you some more. Isaiah 44, verse 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you made the heavens and the earth and by your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. (laughs) Why do we doubt this? Why do we doubt this? Do you not marvel? Acts chapter 14 verse 15 says, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all things that are in them. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10 and Lord you Lord in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands and Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that these things which are seen and things which are invisible I just gave you 18 different texts that the author of the text 
without reservation, trusted God, trusted his creator. Because of that, I bring you to the third thing. You need to worship your creator. Psalm 33, 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord's heaven were made. And all the hosts of them, by the breath of his mouth, he gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He laid up the foundation. He laid them in depth of the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast, instantaneous creation. No process. No process. How can I not worship him? Just look at your creation. I know. Creator, could you turn up the heat? (laughs) Somebody left the door open someplace. In Psalm 95, verses 3 through 7, For the Lord is the great God. He is the great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his. For he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Why? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 96, verses 4 and 5. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. I like that. I like that. Psalm 113, verses 4 through 6. The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells on high? Who humbles himself? Who humbles himself to behold that the things are in the heavens and on the earth? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 115, verses 15 and 16. May you be blessed by the Lord who made the heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. In Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things and by your will they exist, were created. In Revelations verse 14, verse 7 says, saying with a loud voice, fear the Lord, give him glory to the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of the water. We must respond to our creator. That's what he's crying for. That's what he's calling for. It's all around you. Revelation chapter 14. Fear God, give him the glory. Let me ask you a question. I just wrote down some things. That I, that I thought about because when I, when I look at this, I sit and I say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hmm. You know, I can look at it and say it's ten words in the English, it's seven words in the Hebrew. You know, it's Elohim here, so that's a plural noun. That would be a first reference of the triune God, and I can do all that weird stuff. But I want to think about something this morning. 
this evening. Just think about this for a second. If you meet Jesus, your creator, this evening, what would you do? What would you do? The demons faced him. You know what they did? They were scarred. They were terrified. Mark chapter 5 verse 7 says, And they cried with a loud voice and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, by God, do not torment me not. The demons were smart enough. You know, one fallen angel killed, uh, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians just in an evening. And one, when a group of demons run into Jesus Christ, they were terrified. When a tree faced Jesus Christ, a tree, yes, I said it right. What's he saying? A tree. Yeah, a tree. Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 21. In the morning as they passed, they saw a fig tree and it dried up by the roots. And Peter recalling to the Lord said, Master, behold, the tree that you cursed withered away. Remember? Fig tree. He wanted a fig. Didn't have a fig on it. And Jesus killed it. So when a tree faced Christ, it withered away. When diseases met Christ, they fled. Luke's gospel, chapter 4, verse 39. He stood over her, rebuked the fever. It left her and immediately she rose and ministered to them. She began making dinner. She was near death. She got up and cooked dinner. She didn't even take Tylenol. He didn't say, take it easy, get you a lot of fluids. She got up and said, pizza. When the winds and the waves of a storm faced him, they fell silent. Luke's gospel, chapter 8, verse 24. And they came to him and they awoke saying, Master, Master, we're about to perish. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging storm and they ceased and there was calm. And it literally means that the, that the Sea of Galilee went flat. Waves were crashing over the bow of the boat. He was asleep up in the front of the boat. Everybody's freaking out that they're going to die, and he was asleep. He stood up, said, be still, and it went flat. Hmm. <laughs> when the disciples met him, they worshipped him. It, said that <laughs> it says that when they, they were in the boat with him, <laughs> when the storm stopped, they became very afraid. Duh. <laughs> I would have been too. I won't go with the drowning thing. I'm not sure what's up with the dude in the front of the boat. <laughs> Do you understand what I just gave you? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you understand that? So everything that exists, he commands. Do you get that? That's hard for my head. That gives me a headache. When his disciples met him, Moses faced the ground. Job repented. Isaiah bowed. The disciples uh, in, the, in the boat freaked out. And John on the island of Patmos, so woe is me. They worshiped. Listen, what you believe about Genesis will determine your life, your family, and your ministry. Why? Um, if our children are not taught truth, they cannot hold on to truth. They will drift from the faith and they'll be shipwrecked. 
Okay, they will too. Romans 1, 18 and following says that they'll do that. So we need to take our children and we need to guard them. Listen, your schools, when I was in school, uh, public school, okay, they taught creation and evolution and they were both classified as theories. Okay? They don't do that anymore. Why? They teach evolution as fact, and yet you can't prove it. Not only can't prove it, it is one of the most shaky hypotheses you can ever get a hold of. Cataclysmic event, you get absolute order. I don't think so. I've never seen that happen. You know, I, I used the illustration one time. If I take this watch right here, and I take it every part back to its original single part, Okay, and I put it in a box, how long will I shake that box before it sh- turns back into a watch? You can't do it. You could shake that thing until the individual pieces return to dust and you're not going to get a watch. And that's what evolution teaches, is that you can take the individual molecules, cules, blow it up, and bingo, you've got order. It's impossible. We need to shield our children from error and false teaching. We need to make them hunger and thirst for truth daily. And we need to lead by example in the body of Christ. That means bring your kids to church. Listen, I want you to think about another thought here. And I'm going to wrap this thing up. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. It says, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay. That is an amazing statement because it is basically saying that a saintly, hourly worker who digs ditches is of more value than a pagan doctor, a pagan lawyer, a sports star, a politician, or a business person. Okay, and you guys, we are hit with this every day that I have to da 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 to be successful. Yet, God redeemed your soul. Okay, when I think about how does this affect my life, I ask myself this. In verse 16, it says, God made two great lights, the greater to govern the day and the lesser to, to govern the night, and he made the stars also. Okay. I can't calculate that. I, I can't calculate that. I, I don't understand it. I had some numbers one time and I went through and it's this many billion light years to do this many billion light years. And you sit there and you start going, and then it was to the 29th power of this, that, and the other. And you're sitting there going, what does that mean? God made them. He made two great lights. And he just throws it in there. He says, here we got the sun. Over here we got the moon who reflects the sun. Oh, yeah, he made the stars too. You know what's amazing about the stars? He named them. I don't know that many names. I mean, I would have names like Ad and Double Ad. Okay? I mean, I'm just going to run out of names. So, I think I can trust his power. 
I can trust his plan because God named them in, in, in Psalms 147 verse 4, telleth the number of the stars and he called them by their names. God knows the number of stars and he named them. So I'm thinking that I can trust his plan. I can trust his power. I can trust his plan. I can trust his care. God sustains him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. And he is before all things and by him all things exist. Therefore, I can trust his word. Why? Because his word says so. Okay? Conclusion. Trust your creation. Revelation 14, 7 says, Fear God, give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth and sea and springs of water. Two, worship your creator. Revelation 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. You have created all things. And your will, they exist and they are created. Seek your creator. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 3 through 6. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that were made, the things which are seen, were not made by things which are visible. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the foundation of what we will study in the next seven years. Trust your creator, worship your creator, seek your creator. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth and we were a part of it. Thank you, Father, for giving it to us and showing it to us. And Father, thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Father, I just praise you um, beyond what I can understand. Father, you have shown us things that we can't even articulate. You have done things that we could not even imagine. And Father, you've drawn us together tonight just to look at seven words, ten words in the English. In the beginning, you created the heavens and the earth. And it is to your glory. Father, I beg you that these people who gather here, called by your name, will trust you, will worship you, and will seek you, and will watch your kingdom move through their souls, through their lives, through their actions. Father, that all who come in contact with these precious saints will understand that they are children of the King Most High and that they understand that you only spoke existence into being. Thank you, my King, my Savior. Amen.